Hello and welcome to episode 14 of series 3 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. We've got a lot to get through in this episode, and I'll explain why in a moment. But just before I tell you what's coming up in today's show, just a looking forward to uh, what we've got coming up next in the next episode, episode 15, which is going out on the 2nd of August. I've got an interview with Stephanie Briggs from Avanti, and Stephanie's going to be telling us all about the importance of communications and engagement during mergers and acquisitions, which is an experience that Stephanie's been through recently. And then after that, episode 16, which is going out on the 16th of August, is from uh, is going to be an interview with Alex Graves from Silicon Reef. And Alex is going to be telling us all about the importance of digital well-being highly relevant at the moment and looking at how we can maintain well-being in our newly hybrid digital world. Um, so what I'm going to do now is uh, I mentioned in the last show that I was going to do a uh, potentially do some interviews at the Institute of Internal Communications Festival, which was a conference that I went to in in July. And it was interesting because this is the first time I've ever done anything outside of doing virtual interviews, virtual recordings, recording everything in the offices. There was a first outside broadcast, as it were. So it was a, a step into the unknown and obviously something that I'm hoping to do more of as we return to the uh, having the ability to be able to meet people and interview them. So this is this is maybe the first of our very first face-to-face live interviews. So um, And it was live and it was outside as well. So there's a little bit of background noise on some of the clips, which hopefully isn't too distracting. But as I said, this is hopefully the shape of things to come in the future. Um, so yeah, let's let's go straight into that and then we'll go straight into this episode's interview after you've had a chance to listen to that. Well, here I am. I'm at Nottingham Station. It's the morning of the 5th of July. I'm on my way to the IOIC Festival. Uh, really looking forward to it. First face-to-face conference that I've had uh, been to for a long time certainly since before the podcast started looking forward to trying to catch up with a few people that I don't know maybe grab a few interviews for the show um, uh, with some key people and hopefully be able to put those onto the show so um, the conference is, is about to uh, start in probably about an hour or so I'm going to be speaking with a client of mine we're going to be presenting on the gamification of management communication some work that we did for a for a client of ours and we're presenting on that so looking forward to that um, if I can I might try and include a little bit of a soundbite from that presentation as well so yeah looking really looking forward to this uh, as I said first face-to-face event for a long long time so here we go so here I am at the IOIC festival in Nottingham on the 5th of July and I've got someone who's going to talk to us so who are you please oh hello there hi so my name's Victoria I work for the civil service and I'm here as an attendee of the conference fantastic and how are you finding it what have you what have you been to so far so I've attended a session on gamification for management which was excellent that was was, thank you very much so yeah no that was that was brilliant and also I attended 
session about change transformation, how we communicate that across the business. Oh, brilliant. Um, really fantastic lessons learned so far and just, just broadening your mindset really and trying to think about what's next in communications, how you can proceed and, and picking up all these valuable tips. Excellent. And what are you, what are you working on at the moment back at the ranch? What, what are some of the big priorities you've got on at the moment you can, you can talk about anyway? <laughs> <laughs> so, so one of the things definitely that we're trying to focus on is we're, we're trying to push an initiative through the business and trying to engage the staff in, in how they do their ways of working, okay. how they can be better at the, the, the certain steps they're taking in their day-to-day activities. So we're trying to get, you know, change champions on board, how we can communicate that through a variety of channels. And it's getting there, but sometimes it's shifting that culture change. Yeah. And that can be really hard. It's yeah. why I was so interested in the gamification, because I think things like that, bringing that into the business would be fabulous to really bring people on board. Excellent. Excellent. And so what are you, are you, any, what are, you are you here tomorrow as well? You're here for the rest of the yep. tomorrow? Brilliant. Yep, here tomorrow yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah. we'll be here bright and early. Excellent. And anything tomorrow that you particularly you've got? or this afternoon that you're going to be looking forward to? I think it's either tomorrow or this afternoon, I can't remember, there is one about video ah. and they're talking about I think the difference between Bridgerton to Peaky Blinders and about how people are on board video and I have to yeah. say I'm, I've am i designed some animations uh, in the past myself, I also created a podcast at work so okay. I'm very interested oh, in the media side of things so okay. that's definitely my bag. Oh right, so you're comfortable, pod- so you're work-based podcast, that's just an internal podcast, yeah? Yes, internal podcast that I helped t- set up with the team initially um, and that's just doing stories around the business about how people have come into their roles maybe things they want to share across the business campaigns etc yeah Yeah. excellent Um, yeah Massive fan of podcasting. I think it's an underutilized uh, medium. So well Definitely. done to, for using it. So excellent. Well, thank you very much. Lovely to speak to you. Lovely to speak to you. Thank, thank you. you. So I am here at the IOIC Festival Conference in Nottingham with a friend of the show, a previous interview, Mr. Nick Daggett. How, how are you doing, Nick? Afternoon, Craig. Doing very well, thank you. It's nice to be out here in the sunshine, isn't it? It is extremely sunny. Let's paint a picture of where we are, this sort of beautiful uh, sort of setting, isn't it? Like uh, with those clouds over there, you could, if you could, if you could just <laughs> imagine you could see the Simpsons coming through yes, as the logo. Exactly. That's I've, always, I've always got the music in my head. <laughs> so what are, you, what are you doing here today, Nick? What's uh, what, what, you're here to be for the two days? Yep, full two-day event, the festival is well on its way, although I use the word festival slightly loosely, only because I was at Glastonbury last week, ah. and it's a slightly different tone, but yes. I've, um, I'm dressed appropriately this Just time, less glitter, less glitter this on time, this yeah. occasion. So I'm with Unily. Yeah, tell um, us all about Unily, what does Unily do? Yeah, listen, it's our vision really to create meaningful digital experiences for employees that effectively unite enterprises. We doesn't, It doesn't really matter whether it's uh, on a particular device or a location or a type of job yeah. to create digital meaningful experiences that ultimately unites everyone. Okay, okay, excellent. So what do you, what do you, what have you, I know you've kind of been manning your mm-hmm. stall most of the morning, mm-hmm. is that correct? So have you been into any of the content? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I popped my head in a couple of times, obviously trying to man the stall is the important job. Yeah, uh, yeah grabbing passers-by, there's been a few decent conversations, a few questions coming out. I'll tell you something which is uh, cropping up more and more. It, people are talking more about app overload. App Have overload. you come across no, no. this? Tell us all about app overload. I, um, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 years ago, employee uh, experience, internal comms people, uh, generally complaining that there's not enough applications right. to get communications through in the various channels. And here we stand today, 10, 15 years later, and there's far too many. Um, it used to just be a CRM. It used to just be a finance system. Yeah. Uh, uh, and now we've 
far too many applications, so I hear. So, so it's sort of like a tech tech overload, tech overwhelm. Yeah, yeah? I guess it puts us in a decent place. Um, mm. We get to talk about a, a single pane of glass, Craig. Yeah, yeah. The the vision of having ultimately one single piece of glass to see through into all of those other applications okay. without worrying where it lives and okay. how do you access it and all okay. that type of stuff. Okay. So kind of that simplifying. seems to be the theme this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what do you, and in terms of uh, anything particularly at the conference, you're going to be you've anything you've spotted that you're going to go, go along and hear, listen to and you, take part. Uh, honestly, the networking part, catching up with people yeah. like yourself. Yeah. I've got a few ex-colleagues and. Uh, uh, some friends within the industry. I've enjoyed that so far, Craig. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow will be slightly different. Yeah, I'll spend the majority of that sitting in and listening to some of the seminars and, and workshop sessions. Well, enjoy the rest of your time at the conference, Nick. Good stuff. See you soon, Craig. All Thank the best. Thank you. So here I am at the IOIC Festival with Christina Patterson. You're the keynote speaker this afternoon. So hello, Christine. Hello. Hello. So what are you going to be talking about later on? I'm going to be talking about how to hit a heart. How to hit art, oh, I like the sound of that. So I, I, it probably says what it does on the tin. Um, but yes, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I wish there was a formula and of course there isn't, but I will be uh, sharing some of the lessons I've learned over the years about what makes for communication that moves people yes. and uh, just a few kind of tips from, yes. from what I've learned over the years. Yes, and your book, tell us a little bit about your book because you just published that in February I believe. I did, yes. yes. Uh, well it's a family memoir and um, if we're talking about hitting hearts there's uh, quite a lot of, of kind of you know, emotional stuff in it. It's, yep. uh, it's partly about my sister's mental illness um, and also the fact that uh, I'm now the last one left in my family because both my siblings and my parents oh. died. Um, in fact, today, it's three years today since my brother died, so right. it's quite a, a poignant anniversary for me. But it's, it's about all kinds of things, really, about family life and about how we, how we find meaning in life, what determines what's successful life and, um, yeah, just mix of, of life really. And, uh, that's fantastic and so that's your story in there is that is that linked to then to an internal comm story or is that just like you, you're telling um, your the, story? The, the, not really except yeah. in the broad sense that um, I kind of think everything is about the stories we tell ourselves and yes. the stories we tell each other yeah. and all communication is really about telling stories yes so I suppose only in in the broadest sense. yeah yeah but it's almost a demonstration that, that it works and and that the, the, and we the, our first keynote this morning was very much about he told his personal story before he told what it is what he was going right, to tell. I think right. it, it's a it's a fantastic and it's as you say it's an essential part of communication I think it is an essential part of community and I yes. think communication and I think unfortunately if you can't hit hearts there is literally no point yes. because that's what moves us that's what motivates us absolutely and so yeah absolutely and I know you've only just literally arrived um, but is this your first conference back since or have you had any other um, conferences that you've been to I've been to lots of literary festivals right um, since my book came out but it's my first sort of 
corporate conference okay. for, since pre since COVID yeah, actually. Yeah. So I've completely forgotten. I'm now feeling really nervous because I can't remember what it's oh, like yeah, to talk yeah, to a fine. corporate it's audience. Fine. Having done it this morning, it's fine. It all comes back. It all comes flooding back, and everybody's lovely, and everybody's very, very uh, wants you to be be the best you can be. So don't worry. No, and I think um, yeah, and I think I think the other thing as well is a lot. I've heard a lot of people saying you've got legs. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I, also, I only saw know you from your head and shoulders. I, I've literally met a client who I did a big project with, and we'd never met physically. In the you know, it was just like, oh my goodness, it was so emotional. But no, it's so wonderful. Well, look, I hope everything goes well. I'm sure it'll be absolutely Thank fantastic you. speech uh, and and talk. And unfortunately, I can't be here for it. But I'm I'm really I've got to get away. I've got to get back to Newcastle. But oh, Thank you're from you. Newcastle. I, uh, well, got, I live in Newcastle. Oh, I've got yeah. lots of family. In oh, wonderful, Newcastle. wonderful. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, good luck and thank you very much for your time. Really Great. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So here I am at, back at Nottingham Station on my way back to uh, to Newcastle, back home to the office. Uh, and uh, yeah, after a really, really good conference, um, I managed to grab three interviews uh, with people, which you've already listened to. Uh, like to have got a few more people on the on the microphone but uh, everybody was really busy there wasn't a lot of time between the sessions so people were rushing to get to them lots of really good content so um, it was difficult to pin people down but uh, anyway I did manage to speak to the three people who you listened to um, I guess my overall takeout from the conference it was brilliant really really good content really great to present to the audience again being back in front of a live audience again I think the overwhelming feeling was wow you know it's great to be back together it's great to be able to see people I met people who I'd only ever met online so amazing to see they had torsos legs arms etc not just uh, heads and shoulders so lovely to meet them and I think the overwhelming feeling was just a great way to connect great to be back together again I'd love to have been there for tomorrow for the second day, but I've got to get back for, for some commitments to clients. But really great. If you get a chance to go to uh, a face-to-face conference and it's safe to do so, I definitely recommend it. It's really great. And I think the other thing was that what I picked up was that there's really an overwhelming desire to get people back together as well, to communicate with them back in, in our places of work as well. That, um that you know we've we digital and face to uh, digital zoom microsoft teams have all been great to get us through that and they're still going to be great tools that we're able to use but i think uh, the sense of connection and human contact and being able to see each other across a table or uh, in a meeting room is really important and that was one of the recurring themes and all of the presentations and sessions that i was in uh, that I think is a sort of a real big takeout for me from the conference, which is brilliant. So I hope you've enjoyed that little short extract of what I uh, experienced at the IOIC Festival on the 5th of July. Internal communicators have never had more tools at their disposal and more ways of communicating with their audiences. And and over the the course of time since the pandemic, it's it's been the case that internal communicators are feeling somewhat overwhelmed with the amount of expectations that have been put upon them, but also opportunities that they feel as though they want to to take a grasp of as well. And um, so what I wanted to do was to try and find a way to simplify some of the challenges and opportunities that internal communicators are facing and speak to someone who could help us to do that. So I reached out to someone who's recently written a great book, which is called Better Internal Communication, um, and help uh, to use their expertise and knowledge and skills to be able to help 
simplify and crystallize what are some of the things that we need to be doing as internal communicators. So um, what we're going to be looking at in today's episode is what are the fundamentals of great internal communications? And we've broken this down, or I, our, our guest today has broken this down into what are the A, B, C, D, E of internal communications. And we're going to work through those together with our guest, and she's going to explain what, what we can be doing. And just to headline those, the, the, the A is audience, the B is behaviors, the C is content, D is delivery, and E is evaluation. And I think it's a really nice compact model which helps us to really think about our campaigns, about our work, and to uh, behind all of those is, is a much more detailed set of thinking and ideas, but it's a nice framework to, to hang that off. And obviously, uh, we'll be looking at also what are some of the other areas that we can be working on as internal communicators that are linked to the ABCDE that we're going to be exploring in this short interview. So I hope you find this uh, a helpful interview. I found it a great conversation with a really compelling guest who is truly an expert in this uh, field. My guest today is Leslie Alman. Leslie is an internal communications and employee engagement specialist providing strategic and practical support for specialist projects and to support business as usual projects too. Leslie is also the author of Amazon bestseller, Better Internal Communication. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Hello, Leslie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Fantastic. And just for the listeners, whereabouts are you, please, in the world at the moment? Well, I started life in the northeast, actually, close to where you are. But um, then I went off to university in the Midlands and I've stayed there ever since. So I'm basically um, close to Nottingham. You're in, and you, we've got sort of almost parallel lives in that respect because I was born and bred in Nottingham and then came to university in the Northeast. So we've kind of, uh, we've Swapped. kind of got that to us. <laughs> yes, we have got a sort of a reciprocal life stories, in, in, and I'm sure <laughs> in many, different in many other ways, but in that aspect, very similar. Um, so uh, you've started telling us a little bit about yourself there and tell us a little, a little bit about your career and the work that you're doing in the moment and how you've ended up doing what you're doing now. Um, well, it's a long one, um, but I started I started off, um, when I graduated, I started off in PR, actually. My first job was in a PR agency, and I absolutely loved it. I thought I was a PR person through and through. Okay. Um, and I got an in-house role in a brewery, which was, you know, absolute dream job, dream job be PR <laughs> manager for a brewery. Um, so I was launching exciting products and schmoozing journalists and influencing politicians and all that sort of thing. And I thought, this is the job for me. I was even on the... Um, Nine o'clock news with Moira Stewart launching Britain's first Alco Pop, which uh, for those of you who were around at the time might remember had a bit of a backlash. Mm. But you know, exciting times in PR, uh, um, and I thought that was it for me. But I realised quite soon that um, to move up the career ladder in comms, you really had to have some internal communication experience. So I thought I'll go and do a internal comms job just to sort of tick the box and then mm-hmm. I'll move back into the exciting world of external comms um so I moved sideways in my in my brewing company um and I loved it I was hooked I was quite surprised really because I genuinely thought that external comms was for me but um internal comms it was sort of like if external comms is lots of dates where you get to know people a little bit and then move on then Internal commerce was more like a marriage, really. So you have proper long-term relationships mm. with your audience and with your stakeholders. And I really loved that. So it's much more of a relationship thing than just a sort of 
um, broadcasty tell type thing. So yeah. yeah, so I was hooked on internal comms, and I st- and I stayed. Um, although having said that, the um, the idea of internal comms moving into internal comms was so that I could move up the career ladder, and it, it worked because I ended up being director of communication in the brewing company, doing both internal and external comms. Um, and then I moved on to Britain's biggest food okay. company, where I was director of comms. So had lots of um, really lovely times in the food and drink industry. And then yeah. about 10 years ago, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go out on my own and become Allman Communication and take yeah. all that sort of experience from working in agencies and working in-house and apply it to other organizations. So I've been doing that for more than a decade now, focusing on internal comms and employee engagement. And mm. I've worked for about 50 different companies um, in that time. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, you'll know this, Craig, but the, um, you know, whatever sector you're in, whether it's food and drink, and I've worked for, you know, Carlsberg and um, Pucker Pies and PepsiCo, but also pharmaceutical companies and finance companies, but whatever sector you're in, um, people sort of want the same thing. They want to know sort of where they're at and how they're doing and where you're going and what they can do to help. So basically I help help organisations to do that. Fantastic. Yeah, we again, we've got lots of common things in common. I can't remember we talked about this before, but I, I, I'd spent a long period of my career in food and drinks as well, and food and beverage. And uh, yeah, so uh, yes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't that's... you? Why, and wouldn't, why wouldn't you? you? Eh? No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you're going to get free products, it might as well be food <clears throat> and drink. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. Excellent. So, no, thank you. Thanks, Leslie. That's really, really, really interesting to, to find, find out. And, 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 you know, and I think, um, I know a lot of internal comms people who, who, who've, you know, kind of dabbled with or not dabbled with, have worked in PR, they've worked in media and, and then have found that, you know, kind of found and really found their, their kind of footing uh, and their, their place in, in internal comms. So, uh, uh, it's, it's always nice, I think, cause it, I think it is the, it is, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice area to work in, isn't it? And, it is. And I think the yeah. boundaries are changing as well because in, you know, in the olden days, external comms, and internal comms could be potentially completely different messages and you know, completely different channels. But now really it's all merging because people pick up, information about your company uh their their employer both from the internal channels but also from the world around as well so you know mm. yeah it has to mm. be much more joined up internal and external comms these mm. days definitely definitely so when we spoke originally and this kind of link leads on quite nicely i think from that when we spoke originally we talked about the fact that internal comms is 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 moving more away from that kind of content creation to to more of this facilitative curating conversations and dialogue and 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 you, you know allied allied to becoming trusted advisors and i think when we spoke we, we kind of had a again we had a kind of a, a connection on that that we, we we both thought that that was 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 the case and and the right way to go what, what what what's your take on that um leslie yeah i mean absolutely i've been i've been doing internal comms now as i said for basically more than 20 years and i'm pleased to say it's moved in the you know in the early days it was the post box of the organization so somebody would come to you at the end of some sort of project or um, initiative and say, can you comms that out, please? Mm. One of my least favourite terms um, in the world. But uh, and then you'd be expected to sort of, you know, craft something and ping it out through your comms channels, whatever they were. Uh, very one way, very top down, and um, it's moved on since then. Um, mm. 
substantially. So it's much more strategic, thought of as something much more valuable, I think, now. I mean, there are still obviously organisations who don't get it and still think it's just about telling people stuff. Mm. But um, when you find an organisation that understands the value, then they'll realise that it's much more about adding value, helping pe- helping the organisation to deliver its strategy, basically. Mm. So, I mean, there's still a big role for internal communicators to um, create content. And we're actually really good at it. You know, that's what we've sort of, you know, what we've grown up doing, I guess. So, you know, mm. we're crafting perfectly written or spoken words to convey information or ideas or instructions effectively. And, you know, we're great at that. But certainly in the last five or six years, I would say, as the sort of social channels have um infiltrated our lives within work and outside of work much more then people expect to hear a lot more voices so they don't just expect to hear from their boss on the sort of top down front but but they expect to hear from their colleagues and the people you know around the organization so so the more you can allow and, and encourage your colleagues to tell their stories and contribute their own content and fuel the conversation then the more rich your comms is going to be really so if there's any natural storytellers in the organization then you know embrace them with two arms and get them to um start telling their story and encouraging other people to do the same yeah but also there's a benefit to that because obviously involving people in creating the content themselves makes them feel more connected to it and much more sort of um likely therefore to understand it and act upon it so and it's much more authentic yeah i agree i think i think it's the case that i think we've we've kind of democratized communication uh, to a large extent that you know any and whether that's in society or within organizations a lot more people can be broadcasting information and and and, uh, and 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 knowledge to to their colleagues or and and i think therefore that that changes the role of the internal communications team to be able to sort of curate and organize that and 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 also moderate it to a certain extent and and not have like you say have to be the the only source of content it's it becomes more than how do we facilitate those those sort of conversations whether it's through digital channels or or, for, or through face-to-face as well. So I think it's... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Much more of a moderation role. And mm. so our job, instead of creating the contents, really to make sure it aligns yeah. to the strategy and the goals and the values of the organisation. And also, I think we're a bit like air, air traffic controllers as well. So it's no point in just sort of, you know, creating chaos, opening the doors for everyone to chat about everything all the time. Yeah. Um, you need to sort of... Um, have this curation role, this air traffic control mm. role. So, mm. you know, have some protocols, you know, do a bit of policing. And it's it's not always pleasant if you're the person saying, no, you can't do that. Mm. But, mm. As, but you need some parameters and you need some consistency to make sure that the content is appropriate and that channels are being used effectively. Definitely. Definitely. So I want to move on to, to the book now, which I kind of, again, is a natural thing, kind of flow on from what we've just been talking about there. I'm going to talk about one of the models that you've got in the book, which is the ABCDE of com- internal communications. And that's, that's kind of what we're the, the theme for the interview. Just just before we do that, though, uh, Leslie, t- tell us a little bit about where, where the book came from. How, how did the idea start and, and what uh, you know a little bit maybe about the process of getting to from the idea to to now a published book 
Yeah, well, I've got COVID to thank for it, really. So 2020, because I work a lot in the hospitality industry, um, obviously was a bit quiet. Um, So for the first time, I had the luxury, I guess, of having time to think and time to take stock and time to um, jump on all these amazing webinars and podcasts that were going on and and hear about what was going on in the, um, the world of internal comms. And it made me think... Um, actually, I know quite a lot about this. I've had quite mm. a lot of experience in it. And um, maybe it would be a nice thing to do to sort of um, gather all those thoughts together and write them down. Because as we've just been talking about, we communicators, we like writing. Yeah. And we're quite good at it. So um, so I started to think about um, pulling together a book. And I've used this this model, which we'll come on to, the ABCDE, quite mm. a lot over the years and sort of developed it and refined it. So I thought um, that could be the basis of a book um so i was i I talked to lots of people i knew who'd um, written books and published books and you know figured out the best way to do it Mm. found a publisher um and then at the end of the day you just have to basically sit down and write it so you know (laughs) 44,000 words it's like two dissertations basically so Mm -hmm. you just sort of figure out a framework and a bit like your day job you just sit down and bash out stuff you know research stuff write stuff and then you send off your manuscript with mm. your fingers crossed and hope they don't say oh my god what were we thinking um <laughs> which they didn't luckily so um from start to finish from sort of the first day of writing which was february the 1st um 2021 which ironically was uh, you know typically was this the same day I got a really big new piece of work to mm, do so mm. um I was thinking I was doing this because I was quiet and actually I ended up being really busy but as they say if you want something doing give it to a busy person so um so I was able to write the book and started writing it on February the 1st and it was published and available on Amazon by the end of September so it was wow. quite a quick process mm. Which I like because you don't want to hang around for ages. Once no. you've had an idea, you just want to make it happen, don't you? Absolutely. Well, well done. That's that's fantastic. Thank you. And, uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a huge undertaking. I, I've only I've 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 written books, but 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 only very short books because because I, it's my level of concentration and attention to uh, long term uh, commitments like that, especially when it's uh, something I'm just doing. Uh, you know, it, it, so I, I have massive, massive respect for anyone who can uh, can, can can put that amount of time and dedication in, and and you know, as you say, you did it in a relatively short space of time, but that doesn't make mean you you're making for writing forty four thousand words any easier. So uh, no, no, but I mean, the delivery thing is, it's you know, it's been really well received. Mm. It was an Amazon bestseller in the business communication category, which Fantastic. is nice. Well done. And now it's been shortlisted for the um, Business Book of the Year awards in the oh. self development section. So I'll find Super. out in May. Well, May I don't know if that's before or after this goes out. This, but, yeah, um, we may this we may have gone out after this. So if you let yeah, me know, though, I'll put I'll it let in, you in know the notes. I'll put in the how show I get notes. On. Yeah, I'll I'll, um, I'll maybe record a little uh, postscript to say. Uh, and by the way, for those of you who are waiting, wanting to know, uh, <laughs> if there's no postscript, you know it didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Had yeah. a good night I'll at the awards ceremony. I'll let it out. If you, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. No, no problem. No, no, no. So. Um, so, so I guess that the, the, you know, I guess it, it says what it does on the tin. Better internal communication. The premise of the book is about better internal communication. Is it a, a textbook, a handbook, a, a self help book? How would you describe it to, as a, as a book? Yeah, I mean, they say um, 
there's three P's, acronyms, acronyms, new acronyms I've learned um, mm. about the world of publishing. So okay. you, you, when you're thinking about who your book is, writing a book, you think, who's the person it's written for? Mm. What's their problem? And what's your promise? Nice okay. three P's. We like an acronym, yeah. don't we? Yeah, um, yeah. So the person it's written for is basically anyone in internal comms who um, wants to learn a bit more, who wants to sort of fast track their career and step up from being tactical to more strategic. So mm-hmm. the, the subheading is how to add value, be more strategic and fast track your career, which is exactly okay. what it does. Yeah. So the problem is they're in an organization where they're either um, stuck in their role or haven't got anybody to learn from. Um, and they don't know what they don't know, really. And the promise is that this book will will um, tell them what they need to know to do exactly that, step up Wonderful. their career and be more strategic. I like that. You, you could use that for many other, many things, couldn't you? Not just... Uh not just writing books. I think that, that's a really yeah, good way of, of breaking down any any uh, any 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 propositions, isn't it? So excellent, yeah. excellent, yeah. good. Well, you're you're definitely on the right podcast then. So uh, <laughs> so um, let's let's go into one of the models that you 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 you, you just mentioned there, and I mentioned before. So the A B C D E of internal communications. So do you want to maybe start by giving us the uh, what the what the A B C D E are and then we can maybe go into each of them in a little bit more detail. So I'll, I'll let, yeah. you, uh, let you So I mean you mentioned you mentioned earlier about becoming a trusted advisor and that you know the number one way to do that is to be more strategic and add more value. Mm. Um so this model helps you to do that. And I know that um you know communicators tend to be a bit obsessed with channels and practically every conversation you have about channel about internal communications ends up talking about what channel you should use but yeah. but this model helps you to um think strategically through the steps that take you to the point where you're in a good position to decide what the channel is mm. so the a is for audience mm-hmm. so who are you communicating with Mm. The B is for behaviours. What do you want people to do or think or feel or say differently as a result mm. of this communication? So why why are you communicating? C is then content. So once you know who you're commit- communicating with and why, then what are you actually communicating to them? What's the content? Mm. What do you want to tell them? Or what do you want to hear from them? And D is delivery. This is the bit. And then, only then, um, do you start thinking about, well, what's the best way to, to, do it. to deliver mm. this communication and what's mm. the best way to hear back from these people? And then E is evaluation. Mm. So how are you going to measure whether it's succeeded or not? Okay. And if you approach even like a tiny comms project or a gigantic entire strategy using that framework, it's basically going to be, being more strategic and less tactical by default, so um, okay. it's foolproof in that respect. Okay, okay. So if we if we, if we can, let's just dive into those in a little bit more detail. And obviously, we you know we're not going to try and we, well we certainly don't want to re- re- recount all of the book or all of the section that talks about each of these. But maybe you can just give us like one or two kind of ideas or thoughts for each of these sections. So let's start off with the A then of audience. What what are some of the things that uh, you, you you're recommending or advising when it comes to that first uh, first part of this this framework? Okay, well, audience. I mean, basically, you're asking yourself who who's this communication aimed at who are your enablers and blockers here and there's lots of classic um ways to understand your audience better and put yourself in their shoes mm. um stakeholder mappings one that people use a lot um 
you can use the racy model, you know, yeah. with who's responsible, accountable, consulted and informed. Um, if you're working on a project, for example. Yeah. Um, one thing I do quite a lot is a day in the life. So um, that basically is uh, figuring out who does what. And then you can, um, from that, decide who the most important people to help you with your communication or who you need to have on board yeah. are as well. Yeah. So, so that's kind of dialogue. creating, yeah, kind of creating that, not a persona, but creating an, a, a sort of an idea. This is who, this is the person or people I'm going to be speaking to. And here's some of their kind of. Yeah. Understanding needs. the audience. Mm. So if you're basically working on, I don't know, a, you know, a, a boring SAP implementation project or maybe a health and safety type um, comms program, then who, who, understanding your audience by figuring out what they do day to day is quite an important way to do it. But you mentioned personas and that's a sort of, um, that's another brilliant way of thinking about, you know, Dave, the driver, or mm. I mean, I've worked in an organization where they, um, they deliberately always do the Dave test on their, mm. on their comms and say, well, would Dave understand this and know what he was supposed to be doing? Dave, the driver, the imaginary driver. Yeah. Um, would Dave, the driver, would this pass the Dave test? So personas yeah. is a new, another really good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, so then, you know, lots of ways, but the thing is to not assume, and I hear this a lot, really annoys me, when I hear comms people talking, they're basically assuming everyone's sort of sitting at a desk looking at a screen. Mm, um, yeah. And, you know, 80% of the workforce probably aren't in that position. They're out and about, they're lorry drivers, or they work on factory production lines, or they're carers, or they work in hospitals, or mm. teachers in schools. You know, lots and lots of people don't sit and look at it look at a computer screen all day so understanding your audience is really fundamental real danger yeah the real danger that you you write stuff that for yourself don't you that you write content for yourself or you you know you create a comms campaign for yourself rather than thinking actually that's what i'd want but what do other people want and yes yeah yeah that's a brilliant video that an organization had done years ago, and I can't remember which organization it was now, but it was basically put yourself in the audience's shoes. Mm. And it's just, you know, we know it theoretically, but it's just so important to actually do it. Yeah. I know, And I think the other danger is sometimes we write for our kind of sponsors needs because we know they're going to be the ones who sign it off and they may sign it off but then you know are they is that who this is aimed at as well is is absolutely i mean yeah right right for the audience not for the approver exactly exactly so that's 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 the a then so we we, we've kind of thought about our audience and we've we've, you know we've done done uh, we've done some real sort of thought about that then we're on to the behaviors so you said about the think veal do test which i really like using as well so tell us a little bit more about that so behaviors is it's really the why of the comms so you know what is the purpose of it and there's there's generally speaking whenever you're doing any sort of communication what you're trying to do is get people to do think say or feel something differently mm-hmm. so there's not much communication that is just for information or because people it'd be nice for people to know that yeah. um so even if you're saying you know the canteen is closed on friday really simple comms then what you want them to do is make other arrangements for their lunch um so you know that everything basically has has some sort of action um attached to it so comms isn't a nice to have it's a it's something that's going to help you 
make make a difference, make things change. Mm. Um, so what you need to figure out early on is what that change actually is. What's the purpose? So it's it's useful to know a bit of sort of behavioral psychology. You mm. know, why do people do things? What motivates people to change? Quite often what we're doing is change programs. So yeah. understanding a little bit about that. I mean, you don't need a degree in it or anything, but just sort no. of thinking, well, you know, is it a carrot or a stick type of thing? So yeah. It, and, you know, so, do, do people respond better to saying, if you do this, it'll be marvelous, or if you don't do this, it'll be terrible, or is it a combination of the two? So, you know, thinking about that sort of thing is helpful. Yeah. It's amazing to me how many, how, when you, when you analyze what, when you, when you ask that question, the think, feel, do, you know, I, and I use it a lot when I'm working with clients is to say, okay, because they'll, they'll often come to you, we want to, we want to have a conference or we want to have a, you know, an event or we want to, you know, launch this new thing. And they'll, you'll say, well, you'll ask them the think, feel, do question and they'll come up with loads of things. Uh, but very few feel and do's and it's because they default you know like you're saying it's it's more seen as a cognitive thing we just need them to understand this new policy yeah but what do you then want them to feel about that policy do you and then what do you actually obviously they want them to follow the policy but there's often more nuance than that and i think so it's you can get some some really interesting conversations and and i think that then i guess your model is iterative because that then asks you to go back to well let's go back to our audience and and you know whether it's the dave test or whatever but but actually kind of really get ourselves in their shoes and think about that again absolutely and then you you know you're demonstrating great comms there comms um if you were if you were having a conversation with their internal customer or a client you'd Mm. be sort of saying but why but why until you get to the absolute crux of it this is actually what this communication is about what we want yeah. is for people to change their behavior in this way yeah and yeah. Um, i use the ice model in the book um yeah. which it fits exactly with what you've just been saying so i is for informed which is so if, if they're informed at the end of the comms then they're going to think differently and then the c is for connected so if they're more connected with what you've talked about in your comms then they're probably going to feel something differently you'll have experienced what they feel but e in the ice model is engaged and and once they're actually engaged they're likely to actually do something differently so you get to the point of actual behavior change yeah but that takes more time and it takes more effort you don't need to do that every single time um but you need to know whether you're trying whether you want people to be informed connected or engaged at the end of the process and that's part of this this stage of this model is figuring out which of those you want people to be yeah yeah and and i often i often think as well as a consultant if you if you've got to the point of working with a client and and you haven't already asked these questions before you you know you're working with them then it's amazing that you've managed to get the work in the first place because you've really not understood what it is the client needs from you in the first place when you uh, you know your proposal must have been either blind luck or or just uh, a good guess so um (laughs) or they haven't or both of you well yes absolutely yeah yeah so then then you've got to go back around the loop again yeah so there's a tip for anyone listening to this who's looking to to you know use a consultant or a, or a, or an agency is if they haven't asked you what you want people to think feel and do as a result of working with them then uh, uh, you 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 maybe uh, yeah yeah have a think again yeah <laughs> um, it's not it's not sending stuff out no exactly telling people exactly. stuff it is yeah making the making a behavior change which is why the b is for behavior 
absolutely absolutely okay let's move on then to the c so the content so this is probably the one that people go oh yeah i kind of know how to do this uh, you know this is this is my sweet spot what well, well, any any what are, what are some of the things you would be wanting to think about when you're coming to this the content part of this model yeah i mean content you know it's great we love it it's our comfort it's our comfort zone i guess um but at the end of the day there's so many channels now um mm. and again it's target to the audience so tailor it to the t- the audience tailor it to the channel and i talk about a thing called the 6c test so um ask yourself will will your content connect mm. is it clear is it compelling is it in context is it concise is it channel specific and um if you have a look at those six c's then um there's a very good chance that if you manage to answer all those positively then um your content's going to work for your audience and achieve what mm. it is you're trying to achieve mm. Mm. so um yeah, yeah content is um again we're back to this what we talked about earlier but just to touch on it again the um content you create and content you cre- curate so yeah. even the content you're creating you need to ask those still those six questions really um, yeah. and help people to make their content um suitable for the audience yeah. and for the channel i know one of you sees there within that content um uh, was around channels as well and i guess there's an overlap and we're going to talk about delivery obviously next which i guess there's an overlap that the content form needs to follow function or function needs to follow form i think they need there is probably is, is it right that there's a you know your content needs to be appropriate to the channels that you're planning to use whether that's a you know a kind of conventional newsletter or email or whether you're going to be doing something maybe more kind of interactive maybe it's a facilitator's conversation then the content then needs to be obviously suited to that particular delivery method as well yeah absolutely so this yeah works up up and down um mm. yeah up and down the ABCDE model. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the other so, thing is people have got such short attention spans now and the world yes. is so noisy. So yeah. a really important bit is, you know, is this going to cut through? How how are you going to make sure that what you're writing or creating for people is um is going to cut through? And that, you know, the six C test helps with that as well. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it's it's it, people do have very short attention spans at the moment, and um, and if we're not if we're not addressing that or uh, you, you know finding a way to uh, get their attention, then yeah, we're we're we're, uh, we're 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 not we're not really doing it properly. So yeah, I think there was a report actually, um, a Microsoft report back in <clears throat> I think it was 2015, and it reckoned that um, the average human attention span had reduced from 12 seconds to eight seconds which was less mm. than a goldfish so <laughs> yeah 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 no it's uh it's it's uh it, 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 i think we're just overwhelmed aren't we there's there's so much there's so many so many things flying at us that we're, we're there's this kind of going on in this continual sort of sense of guilt that you're missing out on things and not paying attention to things but you just haven't got the capacity to absorb it so it is i think it's a, a it is a challenge i think not just for comms people but for organizations in general so um yeah, so a, well, a wealth of information creates a yes. poverty of attention. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Continuous partial attention. I don't know if you ever come across that, which is this sort of, you know, this multitasking, but to the point of actually not concentrating on anything long enough to do it justice, which… Uh, yes. Uh, I heard somebody sort of, speaking from NASA once, and they basically said it's 
it's actually impossible to multitask. You can't, your brain yeah. can only do one thing yeah. at a time. So as you're saying, you're yeah. just flitting from one thing to another and not actually achieving anything. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, what we want yeah. from our communication is for the content to, to cut through and land <clears throat> and make people change their behavior. Yeah. So um, yeah. important not just to write beautiful prose, but to make it effective. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a psychological phenomenon. I can't remember what it's called now for the life of me, but it's the you know you're probably familiar with the visual test that you can do where you you look at a picture and if you look at it, it's either an old woman or it's uh, it's a it's a it's an old man. I can't remember, but anyway, it basically you can never have those two images held together in your mind at the same time you're you're flicking between them almost at milliseconds but you're never able to see the same the 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 two things at the same time you can only see ever see one of them and it's i think our brain does that it's it's like a multiple switches you know only one switch can be on at a time but 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 um there are millions of them and and we sometimes think we're multitasking when we're actually just sort of flicking skimming the surface of things yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah 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 yeah. so let's move on to the d then the delivery and again this might be an area where we go yeah yeah channels we're we're, we're fine with that what, what what did you say in the book then about delivery and, and i guess um, you, i think you said this is the sort of the channel bit and it sounds like it is but yes what, what else? it is, yeah. it is mm. the channel bit so i mean basically it's 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 we're so well off these days for channels you know we literally have never had so many channels so a part of the communicator's role is to sort of figure out what to squirt through which channels, I guess. And mm. I guess when we, when we think of channels and certainly a lot of a large proportion of talking about channels is, um, is talking about um, electronic or, you know, social media type channels, but actually still the best and most important channel of communication is the line manager or the leader. Yeah. So I talk quite a lot about building the capability and part of the internal communicator's role is to help build the communicate the, the capability and the confidence of mm-hmm. line managers and leaders so that they can deliver these messages for you effectively. Um, Cause quite often it'll say, you know, we'll, we'll get the line managers to comms this out. And mm-hmm. then it'll say, if you've got any questions, ask your line manager mm-hmm. and these poor old line managers, you know, literally they've got a day job to do which is taking 120 percent of their time and um you're asking them to do all this on top and they possibly haven't been trained they probably haven't been trained actually they probably haven't got the confidence or the capability or even even really this sort of you know why 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 would i bother type of thing some of them are great you know some of them are naturals some of them are terrible and most of them are just in between really so a really important part of our role is to figure out how to make life easy for those guys so that you're helping them to succeed so that they're doing they're being an effective communication channel on your behalf yeah and obviously, particularly now with hybrid working and all of that sort of thing, you can't always be face to face with your line manager or your leader, but um, enabling them to connect with their teams is really important communication channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I talk agree. quite a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we talk about print and online and the use of technology. And on the technology front, my, my, I guess my, my my biggest piece of advice is to start with the users. So, you know, start with the audience, define, as we've already talked about, define the behavior you're looking for, the content and what they require, and then choose the best technology to do that because they're much more likely to embrace it that way. If mm. you start with the technology, if you think, oh, everyone's got this, I better have that as well. Let's, let's, 
get buy this bit of kit and install it and then roll it out then you've got a massive uphill battle sort of selling it in yeah. and people say you know oh we've had yammer we you know, i've got yammer but nobody ever uses it and you think well mm. you know what was the purpose of it why did you yeah. put it in in the first place what were you trying to achieve was it something people actually wanted or needed yeah so yeah start from the user not from the technology i've heard lots of stories over i mean particularly over the you know the time of the pandemic because it's seen this kind of proliferation of many of these different tools or tools that organizations were thinking about and would never have really taken the plunge on but they've had to really because of because of the way they were working i've heard a lot of people talking about um find what's already working and then get people to use that so rather than giving them an artificial giving them a new channel like whether you know and i'm again just using yammer as an example it's not in any way criticizing it or no no it's horses for courses it, of course and and you know i know i've even had people who've said we used instagram because everybody was using instagram okay there was worries about you know kind of it getting outside of the company and all of that yes, sort of governance thing. type stuff well yeah. yeah but they found you well you know it's what people use and therefore why would we then bring in a new platform which they're not familiar with and that they have to then have another app on their phone and if we can do it in a way that's secure and similarly i've heard people say why why bother with workplace when everybody uses facebook so let's just set a private facebook group up that's that's hidden and nobody else can access apart from the people who you know have to get approval and we can do some vetting before they do that and rather than creating another point of friction for them by you know adding and so I mean, again i'm not saying that's the right way of doing it but i've heard a lot of people talking about finding the path of least resistance rather than kind of creating something that actually has friction associated with it and therefore as we know as communicators is probably Absolutely. more likely to, i mean it's to back to the audience isn't it what, of course what, it does yeah what is what's going to work for your audience if you've got yeah. um sun reading lorry drivers sweeping generalization then you're not going to send them financial times type absolutely content absolutely. or channels are you so no, absolutely Let's let's get on to the final uh, letter then. So the E and the evaluation yes. again, an area that uh, people may be nodding. Oh yeah, yeah, we do evaluation. It's kind of you know we know that measurement is really important, and we need to be able to justify the return on investment. But what did you say about evaluation in, in the book? Well, I think if you use this model, the ABCDE, then um, evaluation becomes really easy because mm. in the B stage behavior, you've actually completely defined what it is you're trying to achieve. So all you have to measure is whether you did that or not. Yeah. Um, so yeah. if, for example, going back to the health and safety example, if you want people to um, fill in more near miss forms mm. um, in order to, um, you know, learn lessons and not um, duplicate mistakes, then the the measure is how many of those forms were filled in. It's yeah. not how many people clicked on your story or how many people liked your story or um, – so it's if if you've got B right in this model, if you've defined the behaviours, what it is you're trying to achieve, then all you have to do is go back to that and see whether you whether you achieved it or not. Yeah, so it's really yeah. important to get that both of those right, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and of and course, the importance of evaluation is back to adding value and being a trusted advisor and having a seat at the table and all of that. Sure. You know the if you can prove that what you're doing is making a difference to the business, you know leaders don't care how many hits things had leaders care whether they made a difference yeah, yeah. on the stuff that they need to happen to deliver their strategy. So yeah. it has to always come back to the business basically. It, it's interesting because I mean, my background before, I mean, I worked out was L and D, you know, I, I kind of worked through first originally in operations and into learning and development and learning and development always has that 
challenge of of how do we evaluate and you know that you're probably familiar with the, the hierarchy of different ways of evaluating you can you know get people to fill a happy sheet in and say they thought it was a great session and they really enjoyed it and they learned a lot all the way through to you know sort of observable behavior change and then fundamentally business improvement and and it, as, as you know and i think it's it's always difficult with D interventions to be able to say everything that you know the business improvement definitely resulted from that 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 training and then it's i think it's the same with communication is that you know there are so many other things that contributed to whether that was a successful or a failure at, at an organization so if using your say health and safety analogy we could have done some really great comms around health and safety uh, but that year we had three more accidents than we did the year before so was that a failure or was that you know we would we have had 10 more had we not done that intervention what what are your thoughts on on that being able to prove that line of sight because often what we're doing is is quite intangible and 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 cause and effect is not always as clear what are your thoughts on that leslie yeah you're right i mean we obviously haven't got control over everything so you know mm. you could if, if you've got to be really careful what measures you put in place and that they are actually measuring things that are impacted by comms. So yeah. if your measure is more near misforms, let's get people to fill in more near misforms. That's yeah. directly influenced by the comms. The yeah. outcome in terms of how many accidents there were isn't directly influenced by comms because yeah. all sorts of things could happen that are completely outside of comms control. To, yeah. to, to So, yeah, you've got to just be really careful what, what the absolute measure is and make sure it's something that is that you can isolate to comms. Yeah, yeah. We often, it's like, we it's often... like bottom line. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to say, um, you know, you could do a fabulous comms, comms campaign in 2020, but the, the business could have been closed down for six months because of COVID. So, you know, yeah. you know me- measuring the bottom line isn't, isn't a great measure of comms. Measuring, no. measuring people's behavior change is the yeah. best way to do it. Absolutely. And I think that comes back to what you were saying earlier we, we, around, you know, the line manager role of the line manager. It's, it's some, some of this some, is very subtle observational, you know, it's, it's like, you know, I went into that team and I could see it was a completely different dynamic in that team than it was in another team. And so you, 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 you and, and that's a difficult thing to quantify and some people feel uncomfortable with that, but I think it's, it's equally legitimate. It's just, it requires a more, you know, different skill set to be able to do that, doesn't it? And, and to be, objective in something that is inherently subjective as well so uh, yeah. it, it's always an interesting challenge yeah and all measures don't have to be objective they can be subjective no. as well because you can yeah. you can give yeah. a narrative that explains a change that and people can see it without having yeah. being backed up by data but the boardroom do like do like numbers that's their yes, language so do. speak they to do, them in yeah. their language if yes yeah yeah again it goes back to back to your audience <laughs> you know starting again you know exactly to you managing your stakeholders as well um so that's 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 fantastic really really not i like i like models where there's a, a, a it, well it's easy to understand can remember because a b c d e is but also they're not that the 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 letters are just sort of like well i've got to think of something that starts with d i think all of yours actually you know they actually say what they do and they're relevant and, it, and it's a natural flow so i think you've done you know not only you've done great in creating a really good model there but the substance behind that as well i think is fantastic Thank um you. Yeah, the, uh, the I mean, I know I'm I'm sure the A B C D E is 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 a key part of the book, but not the only part of the book. Any any other tips or models or frameworks that are particular favourites of yours that we've not talked about in the A B C D E model that you just want to kind of just maybe quickly share with us before we wrap up and uh, and summarise. Well, the whole the whole of the last section of the book is really about fast tracking your career and thinking about sort of. Um, 
how to get on. Mm. Um, so it's less about delivering the comms, but actually um, behaving and being seen to behave in a way that um, impresses leaders mm. and helps you climb up the ladder, I guess. So, mm. you know, we're in a sort of really rare position as communicators that we don't just influence our own fulfillment at work, but we actually help tens, hundreds, even thousands of people to basically achieve more and be happier and have more effective working lives by what we do. Mm. So, you know, it's quite inspiring stuff. But the best way to do that, and this is my sort of my final chapter, is be you. So, you know, mm. be yourself. And there's advice on you know, how to figure that out, really, because if you've been in the corporate world for many years, you might have lost sight of actually who you are. Um, so, you know, figure out what your values are, figure out what gets you out of bed in the morning. And then um, once you've done that, find your fit. So mm. where is, are you in the right sort of organization? So it, you know, have you found your tribe sort of thing? Because you, yeah. know, you spend 10, 12 hours a day, really, at work sort of thing. And it's, you know, it's a lot of waking hours. So we want to be happy and we want to be fulfilled and we want to be making a difference. So if we figure mm. out who we are and then find somewhere where we can work. And if you're in a place where you don't fit, you know, it's pretty soul destroying. Yeah, You can keep turning that handle for as long as you like, but at some point you sort of say, well, actually, would I be better off elsewhere, both mm. from my own well-being point of view, but also so you can, you know, be more effective. Yeah. So, so my my advice really is to um, be a round peg in a round hole somewhere, mm. um, and be happy, <laughs> have some fun. Because yeah. you know, people take this also really seriously. That's the other thing when you're listening <laughs> to people talking about it. Blimey, it's like you know, it's not rocket science or brain mm. surgery. It is you know, mm. it's about communicating with people, and we all do mm. it every day. So let's mm. just have a bit of fun with it. I love that. Yeah. Life's too short, isn't it, to do something you don't enjoy exactly. doing or work. No, no, you enjoy doing, but working somewhere that you don't enjoy being. So I, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. We, we, um, we got an app, we recorded an episode a few weeks ago that we put out our episode, uh, 10 of this series. Where, um, you may know Sam, Sam Blazard from Fortnum and Mason. Are you familiar with Sam? Do you know him at all? I don't, but I know someone who's just gone to FNM actually in the comms. Oh, well, there, they're, there they're you go. With yeah, they're probably probably connected. Probably you know him. Yeah, well, Sam Sam did an episode for us, which was all which was about personal branding for for internal communicators. And Sam, what Sam, well, he works in Fortnum Mason. He's got his own podcast. He kind of does loads of like content, and he's basically done that because. Um, Fortnum and Mason used again similar to what we were talking about earlier. Used LinkedIn as a sort of a, a, a proxy intranet because they haven't got an intranet, so they use their, their you know LinkedIn for people to communicate. And he shares a lot of stuff on there. But he, what he's done in doing that is he's created a really strong personal brand, and that's not from a kind of self-serving perspective. It's very much that you know he, he he's kind of uses his his personality to create influence within his organisation. So it kind of links with what you're saying there, which is you know um, we're good at this stuff as internal communicators and we can use that as a force for good it's not just about bragging and showing how clever we are but we can actually create our own brand and that brand then links to our own personal values our own personal interests and you know why we do what we do and i think we shouldn't be shy about doing that and, and i think it's, a, it's an entirely legitimate uh, uh, approach to take so it's sort of yes i mean one un an unusual thing in my book is that in between every chapter there's what i call amusing a mm. muse on something and it's basically to do with music um mm. because music's my thing that i love outside of work and i go to loads of gigs and watch loads of bands mm. and all that sort of thing Brilliant. so it so it it, that's you know if you picked up my book it couldn't be anybody else's book other than mine because nobody else is going to put a chapter in about prince or glastonbury or you know 
the streets or whatever. They're, they're, they're literally just thinking, what can we as communicators learn from basically yeah. professional communicators who are musicians? Yeah. Well, you definitely need to connect with Sam because he actually has a podcast, which is all about Prince. That's his thing. He's massively oh, into Prince. Well, so, I'll have to send so him you, my book. <laughs> there you go, you see. Yeah, well, that might be a good thing. I'll talk to you about that after we finish recording. So brilliant. Excellent. Well, look, that has been absolutely fantastic, Leslie. I really enjoyed that. Time's flown by. I've, I've just been completely um, engrossed in our conversation. Um, let's just quickly wrap up by just saying a few things around how people connect with you. So I'm going to put your LinkedIn profile into the show notes. So if people want to uh, reach out to you, connect with you, is that okay? Are you happy with that? That's great. I'd love it. Super. And we're going to obviously put a link into the book. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, people will have a look at that and, and get a copy because it sounds really interesting. I'm going to get myself a copy because it sounds really, really uh, fascinating. I may be getting you back on the show at some point in the future to talk about another part of it because it's uh, it sounds really comprehensive. Is there anything else you'd like, like might me to put into the show notes for people to... Uh, access about you we can put your, your website link in as well if you no, wish yeah, i think it's yeah, linkedin twitter website all the usual channels and the books Fab. available from amazon so yep um, that makes life easy on demand <laughs> so you literally can yeah. order it at tea time and it arrives the next day which is oh. you know pretty focused customer service isn't it unbelievable isn't it i know it's incredible incredible well look leslie well thank you so much been absolutely wonderful talking to you and i uh, wish you all the best for for the rest of the year and obviously with the book and and i really appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge your insights and your experience with our listeners and um yeah take care have a fantastic rest of this year and we'll speak to you soon thank you it's been a pleasure thanks leslie we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the engaging internal comms podcast if you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com if you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform please do so and if you could leave a review for us that would be absolutely fantastic we have links to other episodes at engagingic.com all of our previous episodes are available there and if you're interested in our visual communication services our big pictures our learning maps our explainer videos and also our live graphic recording please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk thank you